I am Sarah Ballister, and I am board certified in dental implant surgery and periodontics. And I am on the Big Mouth Pharmacist podcast. And I am excited to be here. My biggest pet peeve of the dental industry is dental insurance that creates a financial barrier and people turn to the internet and non-reliable sources for aid rather than seeking professional help. Welcome to the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. I'm Neil. I'm the Big Mouth Pharmacist. I'm a pretty sarcastic, slightly unprofessional healthcare professional, a holistic pharmacist here to talk about everything wellness, weed, and Woodstock. We broadcast from the most famous small town in America, where I hold court as the town's family pharmacist who tries to get people off their medicines and onto a wellness program free of the BS and misinformation of the natural products industry. Oh, hey there. I'm Dr. Neil Smoller, holistic pharmacist in Big Mouth. I'm here to kick some brand new flavor in your ear. Don't forget to rate my show. Give us a review, share it far and wide, all that good stuff. But anyway, to the episode at hand. On today's show is a dentist. And this is the last one, I swear. I've had way too many freaking dentists on this show. I think if I have another toothpaste conversation, I'll have to put on a tutu and leave quarters under your pillows. But I did want to have Dr. Sarah Ballister, doctor of dental medicine, on the show because she has a unique method for addressing teeth and gum issues. Laser beams, man. It's such a foreign concept to me, I needed to discuss it. Uh, we also talk about some more misinformation on natural dental care options that we didn't cover with our other dentists. But most importantly, we talk about the grossest thing you can do at the dentist. More so than my idea of eating Oreos, Cheetos, and carrots right before a visit. Enjoy. So while we were getting ready for the show here, you, well, so first we should recognize that it's not just Sarah sitting with me. We have Katie, dental hygienist extraordinaire with her as well. Not on microphone, but here for emotional support. She's talking with Sarah before, and they told me that people are gross when they come and sit down in the hygienist chair. So we're not even going to get to the misinformation. What the heck is going on with people in, when they come into the dentist's office? They like to take their shoes off. Can I just like, like at the door? Like no, no, like, like as soon Eastern as you thing? I no, no, no. Like they sit down in the chair. You get comfy, and then boom, kick your shoes off onto the floor, and your wet, smelly socks are just filling my operatory. Right, and you're you're like digging around in somebody's gross mouth. They probably don't brush their teeth often enough. And then you've got their feet to contend with too. Like, is anybody like just it's a said, lot? It's just it's just a request that I'm going to make on behalf of all dentists and dental hygienists of please keep your shoes on at the dental office. Do you ever get an Al Bundy where a guy's like just putting one hand in the top of his pants? There, Not, none of that. Anybody <laughs> drop trowel? Like, oh, I just got to get comfortable. Nothing like that. <laughs> Nothing that bad. Okay, so the yeah, please don't do that. That's gross. No shirt, no shoes, no, no service. service at all. All right, so what I wanted to talk with you about was oil pulling. So it's something that I hear a lot in the natural products industry is this idea, oh, we gotta, we're going to oil pull. So can you give my audience a brief description of what oil pulling actually is, and then we can get into like some of the misinformation? Oil pulling is when you take a swig or substantial amount of oil. Generally, patients report that they're using coconut oil. It's an Ayurvedic technique and you fill your mouth with oil instead of mouthwash and swish with it for about 20 to 30 minutes. (laughs) So, so you're swishing around coconut oil in your mouth for about a half hour. Yes. I can't believe that people actually can commit to that. I ask people to hold CBD under their tongue for two minutes and they look at me with three heads. Which is why I don't understand why you would choose to do 
oil pulling rather than go to the dentist. It, if you think about the time that you spend every day. So that I, so hang on a second. So the concept here is that you can do this for 20 minutes a day and not have to go to a dentist? That's some interpretation, some patient's interpretation. And, and people I encounter who say, oh, no, 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 I don't need to get my teeth cleaned. I do... I do oil pulling and not only does it get rid of my gum disease and my tooth decay, but it removes toxins from, from my body, which, you know, brings me to something that might be your favorite topic, which is toxins. Toxins. Yeah. Toxins are, it's, it comes up a lot in the natural product industry. I don't know who the charlatan was that came up with the idea that we're going to just call everything that we think is bad for you at that moment, a toxin, and we have to remove it from your life and, and your body. Um, I hate the word and, uh, like detox is another big one. Like there's, there's a difference between like clinical detoxing and then just having a green smoothie because you've been eating like garbage for a long time. Right. So, uh, we deal with the toxin word a lot. So I think that this oil pulling concept is, is interesting. So is there any science to the idea that you can swish around oil in your mouth and it will remove the bad, the heebie jeebies, the baddies? There is definitely science behind the use of oils and they're antibacterial and antimicrobial and antifungal properties. Mm -hmm. So actually a lot of mouthwash that we use day to day works on that concept that essential oils are antimicrobial, which means they can kill bacteria and fungus in your mouth. And what that does is that can prevent plaque buildup and reduced tooth decay and susceptibility to gum disease. So there is science behind using oil in your mouth. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make any sense to me because the reason that we use soap is to wash away the oils, which are stuck in the bacteria. So you would figure coating your mouth with a thin film of oil would be the opposite of healthy. I've heard a lot about the hydrophilic hydrophobic, and those are just really, really fancy ways of saying things that love water and things that love not water. So, you know, when you make salad dressing and you mix oil and water together. Yeah. So there's some concept that if you're using an oil, it will dissolve things in your mouth that a water will not. Right. So it sounds like pseudoscience. So the, <laughs> yes, I gotta a, say, it's like, big... you're like the third dentist I've had on the podcast and I only have like 35 episodes. There is so much wacky stuff going on in the dental industry. It's drive. It's like, would drive me mad. So they swish around 30 minutes oil in their mouth. And then they don't go to the dentist. And so in your, in your eyes and your experience, have you seen people that do oil pulling? Are their teeth cleaner? Are their teeth nastier? Right. Cause apple cider vinegar, right? That's the, everybody uses apple cider vinegar and Dr. Patch was on and she said that it strips away the enamel. And we talked about charcoal toothpaste and it gets rid of the toxins and no, it strips away the enamel. So do people that use oil pulling have cleaner mouths? Not that. I've noticed, and if you look at the ADA, which is the American Dental Association's Mm -hmm. viewpoint on oil pulling, there are no known benefits to it, but it doesn't do damage in the same way that using apple cider vinegar or using charcoal toothpaste does. Mm Mm-hmm. Other than you, it depends on what kind of oil minutes. you want to use. Unless using oh. like petroleum or something like that, I'm sure that yeah. would strip stuff away. You could spit fire. <laughs> um, so let's move on from oil pulling. You are interesting because you're the laser doctor. You have sharks with laser beams, and that's how you clean people's mouths. Tell me about the laser doctor. So stuff. I drive around with a 28 pound laser in my car, and occasion. 
a second laser. Like mounted to the hood to like take oh, out. Oh man, from- I wish it was mounted to the hood. <laughs> that would be awesome. It's just in the trunk. I, uh, I actually work in five offices, one of which is near Woodstock. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to carry my laser around with me because I'm the laser dentist. Okay. What does the laser do in your mouth <laughs> and how, how does that even work? That's a huge question. It's a big question. It's a really, really, really big question. Mm -hmm. So back before I became a periodontist and before I became a dentist, I went to art school and I didn't listen to my mom and I thought it would be super cool to get sleeve tattoos. Did you go to art school in Paris, like in all the movies in the (gasps) eighties? I wish. No, just in Connecticut. Okay. But, um, I went and got sleeve tattoos and then like many, many people later, later regretted that and, and looked into how to, um, remedy that situation and did a lot of research and found out that people were actually using lasers to remove tattoos. Okay. And looking into like how that actually worked and looking into laser applications in dentistry and surgery is how I became the, the laser dentist. I'm sure we've all heard about laser in aesthetics. So you see the ads for laser facials and obviously laser tattoo removal, which is what we were talking I've about. I've had lasers in my eyeballs. Yes. And we use lasers for LASIK surgery. Mm-hmm. And can you do LASIK surgery at the dentist office? No, do okay. not get LASIK surgery at the dentist office. Do get laser treatments on your gums. Okay. So what does it do to the gums? You shoot a laser beam at the gums and what does it do? So the way I use lasers and the way my dental hygienist Katie uses lasers is we use them to clean people's teeth to help control and manage their periodontal disease. So you, if you have gum disease, you have an infection in the space between the tooth and the gum. Right. And the goal of treatment for this disease is removing the infection. And unfortunately it's not something you can just take an antibiotic for, It's something you have to physically remove because these bacteria adhere to the root surfaces of the tooth Mm -hmm. and they penetrate into the gum around the teeth and they sit there and lead to breakdown of bone and gum. And that's bad. Are these special bacteria or are these just like your regular mouth bacteria that are always there? These are special bacteria. So Mm -hmm. these are bad actors. These are our bacteria that like to live in cold, dark, wet, unhealthy mm-hmm. mouths mm-hmm. and unhealthy places. Okay. So they live in the space between the tooth and the gum, which we call the periodontal pocket. And some people may be familiar with that. When they go to the dentist, they get their pockets checked. Uh, yeah, no, I just have my pockets emptied when my four children go to the dentist <laughs> because of insurance. Can we talk about insurance real quick in the dental industry before we finish talking about laser treatment? Sure. We can uh, talk about it. Cause insurance. I heard that was your pet peeve. This is my pet peeve. I don't buy dental insurance cause it seems like a big stack of BS. Um, people do though. And what kind of person would buy dental insurance? Are they good people or are they bad people? All sorts of people buy dental insurance. Mm -hmm. So you can get dental insurance through the state if you qualify. So there is dental insurance now offered for Medicaid. And you can also get private dental insurance through work. Mm -hmm. And you can buy that through work or have it as part of your package. Or you can buy dental insurance off the uh, free market. You can also buy into dental discount plans. And those are kind of the options. So Mm -hmm. you can either have no insurance, you can have 
private dental insurance, state dental insurance, or you can have a dental discount plan. Mm -hmm. My real pet peeve is when I have a patient sit down for a dental visit and I ask them, how long has it been since you've come to the dentist? And they give me an answer and I ask why. And the reason is because I don't have dental insurance. Okay. And I feel that maybe it's just an excuse people like to use. And if that's what you're using it for, continue. But if you're actually not coming to the dentist because you don't have dental insurance, you're really hurting yourself in the long run because an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure in our industry. And just Mm -hmm. paying for cleanings and checkups is going to save you so much money in the long run. Yeah. I was telling uh, Dr. Patch when she was in here talking about general dentistry and stuff, uh, I I don't brush my teeth. No, I'm just kidding. I brush my teeth, but I just don't go to the dentist very often. In fact, I think it was like something like 20 years before since I went last. Uh, oh God, but I, don't I tell went. Me that. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. And um, they're all still in my mouth. I, I realized that. And uh, but you figure mouth is my middle name. So, you know, I, yeah. would, I would be at the dentist a little bit more often than I should be. So I wanted to just talk a little bit about dental insurance. So a lot of people associate dental insurance with health insurance. Mm-hmm. And when you have health insurance, you have a copay and you can spend as much money as you want. And generally, if you have decent health insurance, everything is covered. There's not really something that's going to be uncovered unless it's like cosmetic surgery. Like they're yeah. not going to let you get a nose job and run it through your medical insurance plan. But if you go to a hospital and you need your gallbladder out and it's reasonable to think that you'd have a copay, or if you go get a checkup and, or you have strep throat and you get a culture, you have a copay. That's not how dental insurance works. Dental insurance pretty much hasn't changed since the 1950s. Um, a lot of private plans offer you a maximum for the year of around $1,000 to $2,000. And that can be for you or for your whole family. Mm-hmm. And that may have been a lot of money in the 50s, but right now it's not. It covers about treat, full treatment for one dental crown, a couple fillings, and maybe a cleaning. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're allotted X amount of money per year. So you're let's say you... Big mouth, have a thousand dollars for a year. You want to get four dental cleanings a year because you're really into your dental cleanings and you have gum disease and you want to come every three months. Yes. Those cleanings are a hundred dollars each with your contracted fee. Boom, four hundred dollars of your dental insurance money gone. Right. Leaving you six hundred dollars left to put towards other services. If you need them. Mm-hmm. If you need them. And the only services you're allowed to put it towards are ones that are considered covered or recognized by your plan and they can just decide which ones those are and just not cover certain things because they don't feel like it. Yeah. Insurance sucks. They they're ruining our industry. I was explaining that, you know, in the pharmacy industry and one of the things that we'll probably cover in a future show is just kind of giving people a deeper dive into this whole thing. So like what, is there a big dental chain? Is there like a Lowe's of dentists? We have um, some dental chains. There's Aspen Dental and there's a lot of, we have Clear Choice. Okay. Another, so there's there's like a dentist- couple okay. dental chains. So like imagine Aspen Dental, Clear Choice, one of these guys bought the insurance group that provides insurance for everybody and then was able to set the rates that everybody got reimbursed at. And of course, they, and and where you can get your dental cleanings from. And that's exactly what happens in pharmacy. CVS bought Caremark, which is a pharmacy benefits manager, and then they pay us less. They pay themselves more. They direct their customers to their stores. 
because they were losing. Independent pharmacies were winning from a care perspective, but now they've kind of rigged the system against us. So, you know, I don't think that it'll get that dramatic. What I And I do know that they've reduced payments to providers in our industry. And what I've heard from other dentists is that they don't really reduce, but they don't really catch up with the times. So they just kind of stay the same over like a decade. So like you're not getting paid for what, what you should be getting paid. So that's kind of what the, the maximum is. So if you go to the dentist and you need a bunch of work and your maximum's a thousand dollars and the work that you have costs $10,000 that you need, mm-hmm. even if it's covered by your insurance, it's not covered. You're paying out of pocket. So you can call your dental insurance plan and say, Hey, do you cover dental implants? And they say, yes, but you're only allowed to have a thousand dollars for a year. And a dental implant costs 3000 where you want to get it. Right. So don't let dental insurance stand in the way of you seeking treatment. And if you have it, you're lucky and be thankful and think of it as a coupon. Yeah. I would tell everybody to take a hundred bucks, put it in the bank every month and get your cleanings every few months. And then you have a nice little savings account for your dental care. Same thing with sneakers. We had Doug Tooman on here. He was talking about sneakers. You got to buy sneakers all the time. Like I don't run very far. I can't, I get winded. And uh, he says, you have to get rid of your sneakers all the time. And the same thing with medicine and insurance. It's like, just put aside four or 500 bucks every single month. Um, uh, Especially Medicare recipients. Those guys, like they end up getting hosed on these like additional plans. So just put a few bucks a month aside in a savings account, and then you can kind of tap into it when, when you do actually need the, the higher cost treatments and such. So the whole point is don't let not having insurance stand in your way from seeking care, mm-hmm. especially dental care, and don't rely on your dental insurance to finan- significantly financially contribute towards towards your care either. Mm-hmm. Be, be prepared when you walk in. Right. So let's go back to the laser beams. So lasers. Oh, I'm excited again. I like talking about lasers. Okay. So we were talking about how I got into lasers and laser tattoo removal Mm -hmm. and how that relates to dentistry. Mm -hmm. So in dentistry and periodontics, we use lasers to kill bacteria and we also use lasers to remove infected gum tissue. Yeah. You can also use lasers in dentistry now to um, remove and reshape bone like the jawbone. And we also use lasers to treat cavities. Um, I personally don't treat cavities because I'm a specialist and I mainly focus on limiting my practice to treating gum disease mm-hmm. and dental implants. So lasers can do a lot of things. They're not a magic wand and I want to tell you more about them. So I want to talk about laser tattoo removal. So because it relates and it's an easy way to think about how lasers work in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So let's say you, um, you're about as white as the wall and as white as I am. Mm-hmm. So if you had a tattoo. But I listen to hip hop, so I've got some street cred. <laughs> but we're talking about skin right now. So got we're talking, mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about skin. So if you mm-hmm. went and you decided to get a um, pentagram, mm-hmm. because you're also into death metal, right? And, yeah. and, and hip hop. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you get a pentagram on, on, mm-hmm. on your bicep. How about a Wu-Tang tattoo? Can we use okay, that in the analogy? we can use a Wu-Tang tattoo. I so you get, a, you get a Wu-Tang tattoo and it's black outlined and it's colored in with different colors. Mm-hmm. And well, yellow. And yellow. And, <laughs> but maybe you put a background. Mm-hmm. But anyway. And then you decide, I really don't want this Wu-Tang tattoo anymore. And mm-hmm. you, you find a local dermatologist and you go and you get laser removal. So tattoo is heavy metals suspended in your skin. And the reason that they stay there is because they're too big for your body to break down. 
So the other thing you may notice is someone who has an older tattoo, it kind of fades over time. Mm -hmm. That's because the smaller metal or smaller ink particles have been broken down and kind of dispersed by your body's immune system. So the way a laser works in laser tattoo removal is it does something called ablate, which is a fancy word of popping, breaking, removing, burning, evaporating. So you put a laser on an ablative setting and it's not touching your skin and you hold it near that tattoo and it will break up the large ink particles. How does it not melt your skin? So it doesn't melt your skin because what you do is you choose a specific wavelength that's only absorbed by certain colors. So since you're pasty white, pasty white mm-hmm. and your Wu-Tang tattoo outline is dark, mm-hmm. you pick a laser with a wavelength that's going to be attracted to dark mm-hmm. and then only the dark areas absorb the energy. Got it. And your skin does not absorb the energy. So that's why your skin is not damaged but the ink particles are popped. And then once they're popped, your body can process them and it goes through your lymphatic systems and exits. And it takes multiple treatments, but mm-hmm. eventually you can get rid of your tattoo. Okay. So finding that out and thinking that's awesome and super cool. How does this apply to killing bacteria in your mouth? Is that literally your train of thought? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're a weird gal. I just want to let you know that in case anybody hasn't told you that yet. That's a weird connection. So you were in art school... And you got a sleeve tattoo, but you were going to dental school while you're doing this or no? No, I went to dental school after. Oh my God. Yeah. You are a weirdo, huh? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> like completed art school and then mm-hmm. was like, what am I going to do with my life? I'm going to become a dentist. Mm-hmm. No, that's a totally different story one day. Yeah. But anyway, the way it kills bacteria in your mouth is the bacteria that cause gum disease are dark pigmented bacteria and they form colonies and they're dark colored because they break your blood down is one way and get a dark color. So when I put a laser near your gum tissue, the laser is not going to damage your gum, but it is going to heat up that bacteria, make that bacteria soak up all those jewels and pop just like our tattoos. Interesting. So you're picking on individual bacteria one at a time and killing them. Also the deposits that these bacteria make on your root surfaces do become dark colored. Mm -hmm. So the laser works in that sense that the energy is absorbed by this dark, we call it tartar or calculus underneath your gum. So it's absorbed by that. And then that can be broken up. Tartar is great for fish sticks. Yeah. It's, it's delicious. You like that joke? Does anybody say that joke at the dental office that you guys work at? No, we're, we're really serious and we're not fun at all. So yeah. So you need a new clientele. <laughs> anybody who knows their way around a joke should go visit Dr. Ballister here. So, so, it breaks up the tartar and then gets the tartar off of your teeth, which gets the bacteria off and get your gets your teeth clean. So mm-hmm. that's um, another another application on how it treats gum disease. So anyway, lasers remove the infection that causes gum disease by penetrating the tissue. Mm-hmm. So the wavelength goes into the tissue, doesn't hurt the tissue, kills the bacteria. It also helps break up the tartar on the root surfaces of the teeth, Mm -hmm. separating that from the teeth so it can be easily washed away. Mm -hmm. And in more serious cases of gum disease, we use the laser to remove infected or inflamed tissue. So when your gums get really inflamed and icky, they get all red and dark colored. And when your gums are nice and healthy, they're pink or a lighter lighter shade. So we select a wavelength that is attracted to the dark inflamed tissue and not 
attracted to the healthy tissue and it's able to neatly remove only the sick tissue, leaving the healthy tissue behind, which is a huge, huge advancement in surgery because the old way would be taking a knife and guessing where the interface of the inflammation and healthy tissue is. And That's what I was just going to ask. It. So like, what would you do if you didn't have laser beams to, to, with sharks? <laughs> we didn't have laser beams with sharks and I was treating a case of severe periodontal disease. I'd have to trim back the gum in millimeters um, rather than micrometers. And then I would open it, peel it back like a banana down to the bone, scrape and clean everything by hand, um, irrigate it with things like peroxide and mouthwashes, chlorhexidine to try to just rinse the bacteria on the surface and sew everything back together. So I would do all of that work and cause all of that discomfort to my patient. And I still wouldn't even get the bacteria that penetrated the tissue. So now I can treat someone with severe periodontal disease without cutting them with no stitches and more effectively. Wow. And so this is a standard of care or is this not something that everybody gets to do? It's not something that everybody gets to do. It's been around about 25, 26 years. Hmm. And, um, in order to provide these services to my patients, I, I have extra training on top of my, my specialty certificate. Got it. Oh, also. Mm -hmm. So if you have gum disease and you lost bone that supports your teeth and you're, you have a lot of bone loss and you do a laser surgical procedure, the steps are removing the infection, you know, removing the infected tissue with the laser, killing all the bacteria, getting everything nice and clean. And the last step is resealing the gums to your teeth so you can actually grow back bone around the teeth when you create an environment that's healthy and you let your body heal which is also a huge advancement because the old way that we would try to get bone back around teeth would be opening the gum and putting in donor bone or animal bone and sewing it back together so lasers are really cool because they set up an environment where you can heal yourself what kind of animals would you use? Um, cow or horse bone. Goldfish? Oh, no, no goldfish. So do I need a laser cleaning if I don't have all that gross stuff that you were talking about? Yeah, you can get a laser cleaning as a preventative measure. Uh. So if you're coming for a regular dental cleaning and you want to go the extra mile or feel really clean, you can get a laser cleaning done. Yeah. Um, something that a lot of people... A lot of women don't know is when you are pregnant, nursing, or even taking birth control, you're much more susceptible to gum disease. Mm -hmm. And on top of it, when you're pregnant or nursing, your gums can really, really hurt. So yeah. doing something like a laser cleaning, it's very soothing. It tightens everything up and it feels really nice. Kids suck, man. They just start screwing up everything like life sucking leeches is what they are. <laughs> and they just mess up your gums and everything like that. So what if your teeth look like you're throwing up gang signs? Like, what can you do for that? <laughs> can you help out? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, we got to start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about mouthwash. You had mentioned it uh, briefly. We had talked about a bunch with the, the last dentist that we had on here. But I think you have some interesting stuff to talk about with mouthwash. So I want to hear about it. So mouthwash, everybody asks me what they can do to keep their gum disease from coming back or prevent gum disease from occurring. We all know we brush, we floss, and then we can also use a mouthwash. 
there's a standard mouthwash that's prescribed during surgeries or the strongest mouthwash that you could possibly use is chlorhexidine. Mm -hmm. It's a really strong antiseptic. Chlorhexidine was the standard of care following surgeries for patients to keep their mouth from getting infected. By the way, your mouth is a a disgusting place. It's full of good bacteria. It's full of bad bacteria. And doing surgery in your mouth and expecting it to heal without being infected is just mind-blowing and crazy to me. But we found ways to get around that. So after you have surgery in your mouth and you want to help keep everything clean, but you can't brush because it hurts and it's ow and it's crazy, we would prescribe something called chlorhexidine. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, We prescribe chlorhexidine. But this has a side effect and it stains your teeth and tastes horrible. Yeah. And can't be used long term. So throughout my... It tastes like it sounds. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Chlorhexidine. Sounds like cancer in a bottle. So what we use in my practice as an alternative is something called tooth gum and tonic. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's made of essential oils. And this company came up with their proprietary blend of essential oils that can actually compete with chlorhexidine. And they did some clinical trials to show that it is as effective at lowering bacterial load in the mouth and preventing plaque and biofilm buildup as chlorhexidine and doesn't have the side effect of tasting horrible and staining your teeth black. So some of the essential oils that they use are things like cinnamon and lavender and eucalyptus oil and peppermint. Um, They also have echinacea in it, which can reduce inflammation and something else I can't say. And you, you are the pharmacist. So it's like Guto. I don't know something else that reduces inflammation. Really? Goto Kula? Yeah, there you go. I don't, that's in there. And I heard that reduces inflammation too. Yeah, that's what they say. I think, the thing I always say with inflammation is like every plant has anti-inflammatory compounds in there. So you just get enough of it. You'll have some sort of anti-inflammatory effect, you know, but specifically those two have like when applied topically can definitely reduce inflammation in the gums and stuff like that. So yeah, we use tooth gum and tonic as a um, stand in for chlorhexidine because of the reduced side effects and as a, a natural alternative with science behind it because they, they did a clinical trial right. and um, have results. Uh, Could you use the tooth gum and tonic for oil pulling? <laughs> I mean, if you can hold it in your mouth for 20 to 30 minutes and the yeah. swish with it, then it will be effective, but it is effective after 30 seconds. So. Right. So I Why? Mean, the message being like, don't use oil pulling. That's an old it's kind of like a folk tale, right? It's it's not really legitimate. There's no science behind it. It does seem to work because for some reason the oil kills off some bacteria and such, but it's probably best to just brush, I would say. Yeah, brushing and flossing are definitely 100% the ways to go. Yeah, and so I, I don't like to leave without some more gross dentist stories or uh, weird stuff that comes up in the dentist because I kind of feel like I've covered a bunch, and if there's anything that comes out of right field after the third podcast about dental stuff, uh, I'll be surprised. So, like, I need you to, like, put a fork in this for me. What are some weird dental things that come up that we need to laugh about and then tell people not to do? Okay. So, don't believe what you read on the internet. I've had patients that need something called gum grafting because their gums receded, and they- I've got that. I brushed too hard when I was in college. Yeah. 
Yeah, you got to take it easy. Yeah. Um, nice and soft. Nice soft toothbrushes. No charcoal toothpaste. Everyone should know that from this podcast. Mm-hmm. No baking sodas. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I've had patients who need gum grafts say that they are going to buy a cream or a gel that's going to grow back their gum. Anything that's causing gum to grow in your mouth is causing irritation or, or causing cancer. If you are able to get gum to grow with something that you find on Amazon, something is wrong. Right. Stop using it. The only way to put that gum back is gum grafting. Yeah, you're not a starfish, man. Yeah. Stuff's not going to come back. You have to really. That's uh, unfortunate. And so what's the process of gum grafting? I feel like we should really bring Katie on for the the dental weirdness as a hygienist. She has more exposure to patients than I have. But You want to to say some dental weirdness? Get you a microphone. um, Don't put uh, dried cow manure in your mouth to kill bacteria or prevent cavities. That's... There's no science behind that, and it's really icky. Okay, so you can't do that one quickly <laughs> and just like move to the next bullet point. So are there literally people that put poop in their mouth and think that that's a great idea? There, There's definitely some um, dark places on the internet which do I, no, no, That's not what about. I'm asking about. I know there's dark places on the internet. I've watched Mr. Robot. I'm, what I'm saying is is that is there are there people that have sat in your chair with horse poop in their teeth? There have been well, not, no. not personally in my patients, but it, it has come up as an as an example. I think mostly just our our, our standard request of, of please keep your shoes on at the dental office. That's not good enough. Katie, I need you to chime in here. Say hi, Katie. Hi. Okay, so give me give me some dental stuff. I I need it out because this is enough dental talk. We have to talk about supplements for Christ's sake. What do you got? Bleach. I have a lot of patients that rinse with bleach solution. Okay. So this one's actually based in science. So Dr. Slots, who was like a real big famous periodontist who was practicing in California, um, advised some patients to rinse with bleach solution. And I think it was half a teaspoon into four ounces of water. And that doesn't seem dilute enough. Yeah, it's definitely not dilute enough for me. Um, and he did some, there were some small pilot studies that showed bacterial reduction rinsing with bleach, but ugh, ew, like rinsing with yeah, bleach. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's sodium hypochlorite. It's not that big of a deal. When you dilute it down, it just kind of turns into like a, uh, a pool thing. But you, uh, I just feel like that's not enough. Like I, I think if I recall, we would use that concentration to kind of like clean the compounding lab, you know, like that would be enough to strong enough to like disinfect and disengage, you know? So, you know, there is, there are some people who still follow Dr. Slot's advice and, and do rinse with bleach, but there, there aren't any great studies supporting that. And there are tons of options. Like you can get Crest Pro Health or Colgate or Tom's or Tooth and Gum Tonic. Or don't do any of that. And there are also patients who, um, got the dilution ratio wrong and i've definitely seen some some real damage by um not dilute enough bleach on people's I mean, soft tissue yeah that would strip away the gums that we're trying to keep nice and thick wouldn't it yeah so that that's mm. a dental a dental weird a weird thing that somehow became a thing and got a cult following similar to our charcoal toothpaste and baking soda did Please. a kardashian do it is that what happened because that's what happened with charcoal i think oh yeah. probably yeah but no i don't think dr slots is, is 
voluptuous as the Kardashians. Well, maybe not. Got something? Yes. Do it. Please do not ask me to scrape off your resin from whatever you are smoking and like then meth? give it back to you. Oh, I understand. So <laughs> they re-smoke. hand you like they hand you like a bong or something like that or a no, pipe? like whenever someone is smoking, the buildup from whatever they're smoking gets deposited onto the teeth. Oh my god! Then they want to reuse, and it. then they want to reuse it. Oh that's ha- that's happened. That's frowned upon by dental hygienists everywhere. Frowned upon. That's, that sounds like the, what they would do, like the massage people getting asked for that, uh, the happy endings. Like that sounds that level of uh, horribleness. <laughs> like scrape the stuff from my teeth so I could like imagine me going, oh, can you get those Oreos out for me? I'm still hungry, you know? <laughs> but like, so they, what is it that they're smoking? That you're scraping. Is it methamphetamines? I don't think so. Because I just, again, I watched Mr. Robot and they were smoking meth on that show. I don't have experience with meth. Amphetamines, right. but definitely personally, <laughs> but you do not. You're a responsible person. What else you got, Sarah? Well, we're doing lightning round dental weirdness. There's patients that come with pubic hair embedded into their gum tissue. Oh, that's that's not going on the air. This is a family show. <laughs> Please, do well, you want it to? Know. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Please Dana, that save that one for the <laughs> blooper reel. Popcorn. Uh, please don't ever eat popcorn yeah, again if you have gum disease. I find popcorn in people's mouths and ask them when the last time they ate it was, and it's very, when Titanic very Titanic was in theaters. Yeah, I, I had it. I had it at the movies last month. <laughs> no, there's like these little, like the little skins on the popcorn seeds can just like wiggle its way into places in your mouth that yeah, you don't even like want to yeah. know about. Not everyone is qualified to use a laser. If you're looking to get services or laser dentistry, make sure that you're seeing someone who is trained in it. So if you have gum disease, make sure you see a board-certified periodontist to treat your gum disease. Any dentist who has a laser may not be qualified enough to um, actually treat your gum disease. It doesn't mean that they're not capable of doing it, but a good way to know that you're getting the best possible care is to look for someone who's board certified. Wonderful. I'm like, you're not going to hire someone to <laughs> do anything to build your bathroom just because they own a circular saw that doesn't make them able to function as a contractor. So you look for someone who's a contractor. So when I don't know, there's a lot of people selling supplements <laughs> just because they have it on their shelves. Yeah, They're I not know. But all right. Well, so excellent advice from uh, you two wonderful women here uh, talking about uh, dental myths and misinformation. Thanks for coming on the podcast. And I hope that, uh, you know, at least people will clean their feet before they come in and take their shoes off at the counter. <laughs> Me too. Me too, Neil. I want to thank Dr. Ballister and her trusted assistant, Katie, for stopping by to chat. If you want to learn more about this unique option for managing inflammation without surgery or ask Dr. Ballister a question, check out thefamilydentalgroup.com. I think you know how to spell all those things, so I'll save you from that. Public school reading doesn't do me any good anyway, so, you know. And that's it. No more dentists. I love you, but we got to focus on supplements here, people. Until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and be well.